what's good everyone and welcome back to the Mayo Media Network. My name is Griffin Swanson. Today I'm going to be breaking down that Monday night football game between the Baltimore Ravens and the Indianapolis Colts. Got a couple of prize picks here that I like for this game. Now we're going to dive into my spreadsheet, breaking down the DraftKings showdown slate. But before we do that, if you could like this video here, I'd greatly appreciate that. And don't forget to subscribe to the channel here. The Mayo Media Network has football content coming out Monday through Sunday all season long. And you don't want to miss out on any of that. For you podcast people, you can head on over to the Apple Pods or Spotify, find all the content there, and leave a five-star review while you're at it. And let us know in the comments below, who's your favorite captain play for this DraftKings showdown slate? But that being said, folks, let's dive into it here, kicking it off with a couple of prize picks that I like for this Monday night game. So I'm over on the prizepicks.com website here now. If you have not signed up for prize picks and you want to do so, make sure you use code MMN upon sign up for up to a $100 match deposit. It is completely free money, house money that you're playing with. And as soon as you put your deposit in, prize picks matches that. You don't have to earn it back like some of these other DFS sites where you have to play a specific amount of contests to earn that bonus. No, prize picks matches that up front. And like I said, you're basically playing with house money. So just use code. MMN upon sign up to get that match deposit. Now, as you can see here, there's a number of different sports that we can play on prize picks too, obviously focusing in on this Monday night game, but you can mix and match a lot of those sports and players if you want. You can see here there's a number of different player props that you can choose from as well. Now, I have my eye on two different player props here for this Monday night game. The first is going to be a receiving yards prop. Scroll to the bottom here, and I'm going to choose Sammy Watkins over 40 and a half receiving yards was surprised it was this low because he's hit the over here in all four games so far this year he had 96 yards back in week one 44 in week two 68 in week three and then just last week he had 49 so like I said just a bit too low considering he has hit the over in every single game so far this year and it's not like he's doing this on three or four targets either this guy leads the team with a 25 and a half percent target share and he's seen at least seven targets in every single game so far this year and he's kind of got that big playability too now just going through his game log here he had a 49 yard catch back in week one hits the over just on that a 36 yard catch back in week three a 20 in week four and 19 in week two so he's got that big threat ability he could realistically hit the over here on one catch but that really hasn't been the case with Sammy Watkins seven plus targets in every single game so far this year and has topped the over at 40 and a half as well I'll take the over once again in week five. And then for my other pick here, we're going to stick with the receiving side of things, but we're going to pop on over to the receptions prop. Scroll all the way down to the bottom here once again, and I'm going to take the over on Michael Pittman Jr. at four and a half receptions. This guy is leading the team with 26% target share this year, and he's seen 32 targets in just his last three games. Wasn't great in week one, only had four targets there, but he saw 12 in week two, 12 in week three, and eight just last week. He's hit the over here in three straight weeks as well. Eight receptions back in week two, and then six in the last two weeks here. They're going to have to lean on him once again in this game and that secondary has not been great for the Baltimore Ravens this year in fact he actually has the best wide receiver cornerback matchup 
in this game as well. I'll touch on that in the spreadsheet. But considering the amount of targets he's been getting this year and the matchup that he has here against Baltimore, I like the over at four and a half. And the Baltimore Ravens are actually 14 and one over their past 15 games at home while playing in a primetime game. And so, like I said, the Colts are probably going to have to lean on Pittman Jr. in this game, especially if they're playing from behind. So, to recap here, the two props that I like are both receiving props. We're going to take the over on Sammy Watkins at 40 and a half receiving yards and the over on Michael Pittman Jr. at four and a half receptions. Again, we can approach this two different ways the flex play or the power play. If you go the power play route, you will need both of your picks to hit or all of your picks to hit, but it does increase the payout. And again, for those of you who do want to sign up for prize picks here, make sure you use code MMN for up to a $100 match deposit. But all right, folks, time to dive into this spreadsheet here and break down that DraftKings showdown slate. Now, as always, kicking things off here in the spreadsheet with the Vegas odds in the top left-hand corner, you can see the Ravens are sitting pretty nice here at home with a minus 320 money line and a minus six and a half point spread. And then we got the over under there at 46 points. Also got the showdown stats here from 2020 in regards to the top 1% of lineups and making the most optimal showdown lineups. Let's hop on over to this other sheet here. You can take a screenshot of these. I'm going to go through them fairly quickly. Number one, 92% of all showdown lineups rostered at least one quarterback. And of the top 1% of lineups from last year, 96% did as well. Number two, 33% of all lineups rostered a wide receiver at captain. Of the top 1% of lineups, 31.4% did as well. Number three, 57% of the top 1% of lineups rostered a captain from the team favored to win. So in this example here, the Baltimore Ravens. Number four, run it back. An opposing quarterback, wide receiver, or tight end was included in 88.9% of winning lineups that rostered a quarterback, wide receiver, or tight end from the other team at captain. Number five, ignore defense and kickers in the captain spot. Very rarely does that work. Only 1.1% of the time last year in the top 1% of lineups. And number six there, do not play more than two kickers or defenses in the same lineup usually one is fine. But all right, let's go ahead and dive into my favorite plays here for this showdown slate, kicking it off with the captains. And for those of you who are new to these showdown videos, what I do is I always list out a captain from both sides of the game. Starting on the Ravens side here, I like Lamar Jackson. And yes, I understand he's the most expensive player on this showdown slate. You put in a guy at $18,900, doesn't always leave you with the best lineup construction afterwards. However, I do think there's enough good low-priced options on the showdown here to where we can make this work. And look, he's averaging seven more DraftKings points than any other player on this slate. It's really hard to ignore that. This is a guy who's got 25, 30, even 35 plus DraftKings point potential. He's got the best ceiling on this showdown slate and a safe floor as well with that rushing upside. And usually you put in a guy this expensive, you're looking at the rest of your lineup going, ooh, I got to work with that. But I don't think that's going to be the case here on this showdown. We got guys like Sammy Watkins, Naeem Hines, even Justin Tucker or Rashad Bateman if he plays. That would allow you to make this work, putting Lamar in the captain spot and make it look pretty good as well. So not something I'm always going to do, highlight the most expensive player in the captain spot, but I do think it works here with Lamar. Lamar in this Monday night showdown. And then on the Colts side of things here, I like Michael Pittman Jr. in the captain spot. Talked about him during the prize pick section of this video. And per PFF, pro football focus, he's got the best wide receiver cornerback matchup in this game. Right now, it's coming in 
has a 75.1 matchup advantage over Tavon Young. And no, Tavon Young is not going to shadow him in this game here. Michael Pittman Jr. moves all throughout the lineup. But in terms of the best overall matchup, that goes to Michael Pittman Jr. And certainly don't want to overlook that. On top of that, he does lead the team in targets. He's getting a 26% target share. And the air yards have been insane throughout the first four weeks. He's seeing 41.25% of the team's air yards. Likely a number that is going to regress throughout the season. But needless to say, Carson Wentz is looking for this guy often. And he's looking for him down the field. I mentioned this during the prize pick section as well. He's seen 32 targets in his past three games. Averaging double digit targets during that time span. And he scored at least 12 DraftKings points in each of his past three as well. 12-13 and 23. You know, it's not a blow up game by any means. But considering the targets and air yards that he's getting, it's not crazy to think that he could be the highest scoring player on this showdown slate. Now hopping on down here to my flex plays. First guy I got there is Marquise Hollywood Brown. Could also be used in the captain spot as well. Been solid through four games to start the year. And if it weren't for a handful of drop deep passes, he'd probably be talked about as one of the best fantasy wide receivers to start the season. He's averaging seven targets per game right now. It's a 25% share on this team. 81 and a half receiving yards. That's really great. And 0.75 TDs. He's got three TDs in four games. If you want to do the math there. And he's also ranking ninth overall in air yards across the NFL. He's got that deep threat ability. And you can bet that Lamar's going to look for him deep two, three plus times in this game. And he can definitely make plays happen, score a touchdown from anywhere on the field. So again, you could use him in the captain spot or a flex spot, but he's been pretty solid throughout the first four games to start the season. Now, I'd hesitate to say that Carson Wentz has been solid throughout the first four games. Sorry, guy. I went to college with this dude all four years. Don't want to bash him. Do think he's a viable option here, but he kind of has struggled to start the season. Now, that offensive line hasn't been great in terms of blocking for him and pass protection. They've been really good in terms of run blocking. I'll touch on that with Jonathan Taylor, um, but this guy has been beat up already to start the year, and we know that he's battled injuries throughout his career. But look, in terms of a showdown slate, like I said, he is a viable option. He's hit 18-plus DraftKings points in three of four games. And again, I always go back to this first step here of the top 1% of lineups 96% had at least one quarterback in their showdown lineup now that's probably Lamar in this instance here but if you want to get a little more contrarian you could probably do that with Carson Wentz and then speaking of Jonathan Taylor here I think he could be used in the captain spot as well honestly when I was first making the spreadsheet here I kind of threw him in there just based off the matchup here against Baltimore but then I was looking at his snap count this dude's only playing 50% of the offensive snaps through the first four weeks Naeem Hines is kind of dipping in that a little bit too much, hence the reason I have him listed below as well. But this is a solid matchup here against this Baltimore defense. You know, they're allowing 26.3 DraftKings points per game to running backs this year. And PFF, Pro Football Focus, is giving the Colts offensive line a 34% advantage over the Baltimore defensive line when it comes to run blocking. So I think you could still use Jonathan Taylor in the captain spot, uh, but just note he might only play around 50-60% of the snaps. And that's probably not ideal for your captain. You're basically banking on him going over 100 rushing yards and scoring a touchdown, or at least getting multiple touchdowns on half of the offensive snaps. So that's not ideal. Like I said, probably more of a flex play for me, but is a guy who can get you 20 plus DraftKings points. And if you think that happens, you could use him in the captain spot. Now, I find the Baltimore Ravens backfield to be very interesting right now, particularly because I watched one of Latavius Murray's interviews from this past week, just today, and this dude 
said, yeah, I don't really know who's going to be the number one running back week in and week out. Kind of just going to go with the hot hand. And usually you hear that from the head coach or the offensive coordinator, not one of the running backs. So that's probably not ideal, but he did play 61% of the offensive snaps last week and led the team with 18 rushing attempts. And he's also got three touchdowns in four games. So that is encouraging. He is a little more expensive than I'd like him to be, hence the reason he's just a flex play for me. He's not really involved in the passing game either. Again, a guy who you probably will need to score in order to meet value, but as of last week, he was the number one running back for the Baltimore Ravens. Next, we got Sammy Watkins there. This is a guy who's had a great price tag of $5,800. I went back and forth between him and Mark Andrews, and yes, I think Mark Andrews is a fine play, but I lean towards Watkins just a little bit more. His numbers, like I said, have been very encouraging this year, playing 82% of the offensive snaps and leads the team with a 25.5% target share. Like I said, he's seen at least seven targets in every single game so far this year. He's yet to score a touchdown. That is a bit concerning, but maybe he's due. Sammy Watkins, we've seen it plenty of times in the past. This dude can blow up for massive DraftKings point games. 30 plus DraftKings points. We saw it in Kansas City. We just haven't seen it translate here yet to Baltimore, but he has matchups here that I do believe that he can win. You know, he's going to kind of move throughout the lineup as well, but I'm looking at PFF here right now, and there's not really one that I'm too concerned about when it comes to the cornerbacks for the Indianapolis Colts. Now, considering this guy has cut into so much of Jonathan Taylor's workload and offensive snaps this year, I had to talk about Naeem Hines in the spreadsheet. He is more of a boomer bust type of player, and he's a pass-catching running back for the Colts. If you think the Colts are going to be playing from behind in this game or for a majority of this game, he's definitely a better play. Yeah, he's playing about 42% of the offensive snaps right now, sees about a 13% target share, and here are his DraftKings performances to start the season. 2.1, 3.2, 14.2, and 18.9. Like I said, kind of a boom or bust player. No, not a guy who's probably going to get you 25, 30 plus DraftKings points, but that's why he's priced here at $5,600. Definitely has the potential to get you around the high teens or even low 20s. But again, this is a better play if you think the Colts are going to be playing from behind for a majority of this game. And then I also want to highlight both kickers in this game here, Justin Tucker and Rodrigo Blankenship, two of the best kickers in the game right now. And Justin Tucker is probably the best kicker in the game. He's been solid again this year, hit 10 of 11 field goals so far, and look at his DraftKings numbers here. He did have one game where he only had seven DraftKings points, but double-digit DraftKings performances outside of that. 11, 13, and 17 DraftKings points. Yes, that's when he hit that 60-plus yard field goal, and that's probably not going to happen in Baltimore, but this guy is very consistent and can definitely get you double-digit DraftKings points, and that goes for Rodrigo here as well, another solid kicker. He's actually been able to hit double-digit DraftKings points in three of four as well. And actually, in three straight games, he's hit 10, 11, and 12 DraftKings points. So again, these are better plays if you think the game is going to be tight scoring. And if it's going to probably come below that over-under of 46 points. But by all means, these guys can meet value and probably exceed it at their current price tags. And then the last play I got there is Rashad Bateman. Far too cheap, in my opinion, at $200. And yes, I understand he's a rookie wide receiver. He's never played a 
snap in the NFL, coming off that sports hernia surgery, but he has been practicing in full here for two straight weeks, and they drafted this guy in the first round. As soon as he's active, they're going to want to get him involved and probably involved regularly. That's what we have to watch for, though, is whether or not he's actually going to play, and look, if he does play, he's probably going to be very popular, considering he's only $200, but it allows you to do so much with the rest of your lineup. If you pay down for a guy like this, you could put Lamar in the captain spot, and there's a little correlation there as well, or you could just pay up for a bunch of high-priced studs. So, make sure that he is active, obviously, if you're going to be playing him, but $200, really hard to ignore that. All right, everyone, that is going to wrap up the video here for today. As always, thank y'all for taking the time out of your day to watch these videos. Don't forget to like this video here, subscribe to the Mayo Media Network. Like I said, they got football content coming out Monday through Sunday, all season long, and you don't want to miss out on any of that. And for those of you who do want to sign up for prize picks, make sure you use code MMN upon sign up for up to a $100 match deposit. I hope you had a great weekend here, folks. Won some money on Sunday. Let's keep that rolling into Monday night as well. I'm out of here. Hey, what's going on, guys? This is the Fantasy Football Picks and Bets presented by Prize Picks. Make sure you guys download the app right now. Sign up using promo code MMN. You guys will be set up to make the big bucks every single week. It is not too late. Promo code MMN, and you guys will be set up for success to bring home the gold. So we have a great show for the Week 5 recap. I got some studs. Got some duds, and I got the injury report, of course. It's the worst part of the show. But then we got some breakouts, some guys that are showing life, and some question marks moving forward. Are they the real deal? So let's get right into it. So let's start with some dessert. The cupcakes, the treats, the candy, the studs, the stud muffins, I would want to say. The stud muffins today were bowling out, and two of them were quarterbacks, and it's like Justin Herbert every single week. Just reminds me why he's my favorite quarterback to watch next to Josh Allen. Those two guys, just too electric. But no pun intended for Justin Herbert. 398 yards passing, five touchdowns. One of them were rushing touchdown, but he put up a 50 burger today. 50 fantasy points. Oh, my God. I'm killing it right now in my fantasy league right now. One of them at least. But, hey, he's doing it all for me. So, Tom Brady, the GOAT. Very painful as a Rams fan, obviously, to talk good about Tom Brady, but he is killing it right now in fantasy. Five touchdowns, 411 yards, and he put up 47 fantasy points. That's a little difference between the guy that can rush the ball and the GOAT that's obviously not rushing the ball. He had one carry today, though. But Justin Herbert, literally, he gets the advantage because of the rushing. But like I said, 50 points, 47 points, there's really no difference there. Both stud muffins this week, but a big shout-out. I can admit I was wrong about Mike Williams, and I think the Chargers are wrong about Mike Williams not picking up his fifth-year option. If we remember in the summer, it's around the late August. They were not going to pick up his fifth-year option, and he's making them pay for it. It is contract year for him, so of course he's going to ball out. So he had eight catches for 16 targets. That's insane, 165 yards and two touchdowns. That is amazing. So, therefore, Mike Williams is balling out week after week. The question, should you start him, should you sit him, is no longer. He's a start and forget every single week. Now, let's get to some duds, some guys that just completely shit the bed. Again, no pun intended for the first guy I'm going to talk about, Odell Beckham. Now, listen, I would not be surprised if he's traded 
at least before the deadline or some point of the season because it's God, man, it's getting disgusting to see him out there just not involved in most of the plays, not involved in the game plan. I mean, he went out there for two catches, three targets, 20 yards. What are we doing, people? And the thing is, at the end of the game where they needed him most in the Hail Mary, he's not even involved in that. If you've seen today's game, he was not involved in the Hail Mary. So it's kind of just like, what are you doing? Jarvis Landry is hurt. So therefore, you shouldn't see a guy named Higgins or uh, Peoples Jones, you know, going out there balling out. But hey, it is what it is. But Oda Beckham being that the talent that we know he is, I don't know if he's dealing with injury. I don't know if it's mental chemistry, et cetera, et cetera. Whatever the case may be, Oda Beckham is shitting in the bed and he should not be started. If we're going to treat Juju Smith-Schuster the way we're treating him, Having him on the bench, you know, talking about cutting him, we should have that same energy for Oda Beckham as well. For the simple fact, he was once talked about with Antonio Brown to DeAndre Hopkins, all the guys that were going in the first round. And I really feel as though, you know, the drop off was there like year after year. But we keep treating Oda Beckham, we keep drafting him as if he's this guy, but he's not, man. I'm not, obviously, I'm not a fan. If you follow my work, Real Deal Fantasy on Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, wherever the case may be, you can obviously see the last three years. Mm-mm. Not an Odell Beckham fan. I have zero shares of him, and you should too. Trade him if you can. The thing is, his name still sells. You're still able to put him on the trade block, and somebody's going to be like, oh, me, I want him, and you go ahead and make that deal. But anyway, moving on to another dud, TJ Hawkerson. This is a little disappointing that Jared Goff isn't giving his full focus to a TJ Hawkerson, being that he only had three targets today, and you only caught two for 22 yards, kind of similar to Odell Beckham's, you know, receptions and yards and everything like that which is a little weird because tj hockerson is his best wide receiver well he's a tight end obviously but he's his best passing option but he's not really getting him the ball and it's a little weird that tj hockerson was kind of taking completely out of his game a very close game a very emotional game for the lions and lions fans i mean really tough they had that win it was a it was a very close game it came down to field goal and unfortunately the lions lose again but it is what it is. But TJ Hockerson moving forward, I do have some concern. I have a little worry about him performing at that elite level that we all know he could like be. Like we know TJ Hockerson could be a great tight end. He obviously has the volume, but he didn't have the volume this game, which is weird. Again, Jared Goff, I kind of I feel as though Jared Goff's trying to spread the ball around, which is understandable. And I feel as though defenses are preparing week to week, you know, for TJ Hawkerson, being that they know that he's basically their best passing option. But I still feel a little weird about the targets. So that's what's bothering me. The targets, only three targets today. That number should be around like six, seven at least. I'm not feeling the three targets, but moving forward, there is some concern. There is a question mark that'll be very, watch very closely with that. Now to another dud. The big question mark for this guy is Adam Thielen, you know, a little tight end depend. I mean, a uh, touchdown dependent. I don't know. I feel as though he's not. I think he'd be productive as a wide receiver, too, next to Justin Jefferson. But today's game was a little weird, too. You know, another two catch, three targets out of Adam Thielen. Similar, you know, stats to Odell Beckham and TJ Hawkinson I just named. But it's kind of like, ugh, what's going on? I don't like it either. It's a little bad taste in my mouth. Maybe it was just how, you know, the game plan was to spread the ball around because even K.J. Osborne got involved with some targets as well. Um, I think Adam Thielen will be fine. I'm not too concerned about it. I'm still starting him next week. I don't think we need to be pulling him just yet. Just the question mark is, is he touchdown dependent? I don't know. I don't feel as though he is, but we shall find out next week. That will be the stamp if he is or if he isn't. So let's move to the vegetables, the the greens, the the mush, the poop the things we don't like to see 
in fantasy football or in football and in general, the injury report. So this is just one game how I'm going to go about this. So obviously, you know, the Giants, they cannot catch a break. I don't know what it is. I don't know what they did, but Dan Jones took a heavy hit in the head. He was stumbling coming off the field. He did not come back in the game with a concussion, so we had to monitor that going into next week. Then Saquon Barkley rolled his ankle. It was disgusting to see that picture of the swelling. It just swelled up immediately as soon as they took the shoe and sock off. He's going to miss some time. So that's a huge setback for, you know, for fantasy players that have Saquon Barkley. I understand the frustration, you know, getting the slow start and then he's showing life. And now he's back with injury. So moving on to Kenny Galladay, who faced some injury as well. That was ruled out for the rest of the game with a knee injury, which was kind of weird because before that he wasn't very productive. So the knee injury just put the cherry on top like, hey, no Kenny Galladay this game. No Kenny Galladay for your fantasy points. So moving on to a very unfortunate that was just catching some heat, man. He was just getting good. Max Williams, he uh, suffered a nasty leg injury as well. Uh, the corner kind of went low on him. I kind of think like when corners go low on big body players, I think that's their only way to get the guy down. But it's a little dirty the way it goes. You know, the leg just looked at disgusting the way Max Williams got hit. He was carted off the field. Um, Taysom Hill, also a concussion. You know, he was ruled out for today's game. Um, Juju Smith-Schuster also left the game early with a shoulder injury, did not come back. And then at the end of the game, we got a report that Joe Burrow was on the way to the hospital with a throat contusion, which was a little weird. So we got to monitor that throughout the week. Hopefully he's okay. So that was the veggies. Let's move on to something positive. Some guys that are on the rise. I say that with a question mark because a few of these guys, I don't know if this is real or if this is just, you know, flu. So first off, we're going to start with the tight end one. As of now, as of now, the late games are over. So as of now, David Njoku is the tight end one. He had seven targets, seven catches, 149 yards, and one touchdown. The breakout is there, people. I'm stamping this as an approval, being that him and Austin Hooper, their snap shares are very similar. Now, going into this week, Austin Hooper had a 66 snap share, and then you had David Njoku with a 62% snap share. So, therefore, they're on the field roughly at the same time. But this game, it's stamped that David Njoku is a threat. He is a real weapon that they need to get more involved. This was just a stamp of approval that, hey, David Njoku can ball out. All us David Njoku, like, truthers, like, I was, like, one for the last three years, and then it kind of died off, came back. It was looking like uh, an O.J. Howard situation. But, hey, he's showing life now. And I think that the Browns should take this game, take this film, and see his strengths and see that he could be used all over the field. See, he could be a red zone target, et cetera, et cetera. No diss to Austin Hooper whatsoever. He's a great talent as well. But David Njoku, man, I really feel as though if he was on the Chargers, if he was elsewhere, any other team, he would be bowling out. So I'm stamping this as the real deal. Get you some David Njoku shares if you can. If he's on the wire, go grab him right now. I definitely feel as though going forward, they will try to get him more involved. Our next breakout, I really feel like this is the real deal slash, you know, little injury situational, you know, and it was a London game. So Kyle Pitts got his breakout game we all been waiting for. He had nine catches, 10 targets for 119 yards and one touchdown, which is great, which is great. You know, I, I love to see the tight end, you know, go out there and ball out and basically acting as a wide receiver. But again, Calvin Ridley did not travel with the team. Personal issues, why he didn't play, I do not know, but... The thing is, is like he was taken out of the way. 
course, Kyle Pitts is going to be that guy. Of course, he earned those targets as well. And then Cordero Patterson did his thing, you know, running the ball, catching the ball, scoring, et cetera, et cetera. But Kyle Pitts got his breakout game. Everybody was happy. A lot of Kyle Pitts truthers in the Twitter streets were victory lapping, et cetera, et cetera, which is fine. I just hope this continues. I just hope it continues. For me, I don't know. Put a question mark on it. Hopefully, he can keep this target share. Hopefully, he can keep this production. Next, Kadarius Tony. He is coming off that taxi squad for a lot of people. He showed up today. He had 10 catches, 13 targets for 189 yards. He almost had a touchdown as well. He was a little short. He almost had it to put the cherry on top for the fantasy points. But, hey. He's looking like the real deal. He suffered a little injury at the end of the game, but he came right back in after headbutting one of the team managers. I don't know what that was about, but he got excited or he was frustrated. Whatever the case may be, he headbutted him like crazy. He almost broke his face. That's what it honestly looked like. He almost broke his face. Go look it up on YouTube. Kadarius Tony's headbutt, you know, team assistant or whoever that guy was, or he might have been a player, but he looked like he almost broke his face. I'm going a little too in-depth about this, but it was just crazy to see. But Kadarius Tony moving forward, I'm stamping him as the real deal. Based on all the injuries, they faced injuries with Shepard and Slayton dealing with hamstring injuries. Now they're dealing with Kenny Galladay with a knee injury. Saquon Barkley most likely sidelined for a couple weeks with an ankle injury. Who else is there? Evan Ingram and then Kadarius Tony. Tony putting a stamp on that he's the real deal. So moving forward, he will be utilized, used and abused, hopefully. And a lot of fantasy owners and a lot of fantasy managers will be happy about that. So moving forward, I'm stamping him as the real deal to go get you some shares. He's still out there on the wire plenty because it's only been two weeks where we're starting to see life. I don't think that many people jumped on. So therefore, he's still available for you to go get. Now, Miles Gaskins decided to explode on everybody's bench. I don't think anybody started him after that depressing, you know, week that he had last week and the week before that and the week before that. He was just very underwhelming. He did not live up to that fifth round price tag. But hey, today he was a wide receiver. He had 10 targets and 10 catches. And it was just like, what's going on? He's a PPR monster putting up 31 fantasy points. So he had five carries for 25 yards, so averaging five yards per carry, which is great, cool, whatever. But it was the catches. It's just like, why does he have the most targets he's ever had in his career right now? And I'm looking at it like, okay, maybe this could be a thing. But then I look at it very closely. The matchup they had, they had the Bucks. You cannot run the ball in the Bucks, so therefore that wasn't the game plan to have Miles Gaskin featured or any of the running backs to actually run the ball. So therefore, Miles Gaskin stepping up as the best pass catcher in that backfield, it only makes sense. They needed guys to go out there with Devontae Parker out as well. They needed another wide receiver. So this is why this is not the real deal. This is a little fluky. So don't get him off your bench. You know, going into next week, putting him in starting lineups and expecting this again. Mm -mm. Pump the brakes. Please pump the brakes. This is a huge red flag, being that, again, Devontae Parker didn't play. You can't run the ball on the Bucks. They had to do something, and most of it was garbage time, and they were down by the half, so there's no reason to run the ball on top of that. So, Moss Gassens had his breakout game, but it's not really a breakout game. Moving forward, I do not believe it. It's a big, you know, red flag, like, hey, don't pay any mind to this. Just move around it. Just kind of look at it, enjoy it, you know. A lot of us are mad because I'm one of the guys who had him on the bench, but there was no way I was starting him against the Bucks. No way. It's a terrible matchup when you're looking at it on paper. Terrible matchup. No way in hell was I starting Miles Gassens against the number one rushing defense. No, not doing it. No. So, therefore, he burned a lot of us on the bench, but it is what it is. It's, it's part of fantasy. The fantasy guys don't like some of us. Me. But it is what it is. But hopefully, you know, 
moving forward, you guys be responsible with the matchups and don't jump on something like this that could possibly cost you a huge loss going into the week or leaving the week, I should say. And, you know, once these weeks are going by fast because, hey, it's already week six, baby. The bye weeks are starting to come and a lot of people are starting to get exposed. Those fantasy teams, when those bye weeks kick in, yeah, oh, yeah, you start off 4-0 or 4-1. Yeah, yeah. Now, a lot of teams get exposed about those bye weeks. So this should be interesting to see how this turns out. But, uh, yeah, that wraps up another great episode of the Fantasy Football Picks and Bets. Make sure you guys sign up today at prizepicks.com using promo code MMN. And please, again, make sure you like and subscribe the video. Leave a comment below on what you guys think was going on. I mean, hey, this week was the craziest week for fantasy for me. Hopefully you guys came out with a dub, and I'll see you guys next week. Peace. Oh.